Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezes Hashem, Shalom Bayer Shir number 381. We're going to talk today about the importance in life and in Shalom Bayes to have self-compassion and to learn how to over- overcome the roadblocks that are opposite self-compassion. And we're going to explain here that although we learn very often that self-love could be used in a negative way, egotistical love, selfish love, and that seems very selfish. The word self-compassion means that I'm compassionate about myself, I care about myself more than others. So there is some unhealthy ways of experiencing this self-love that's egotistical. But in the panemistic of it, we're going to talk about the healthy self-compassion. Because as much as there's arrogance in this world, there is a lot of bashing that stunts our growth. In Shalom Bayis in particular, we are so convinced that we are a faulty wife, a faulty husband with damaged goods because of that lack of self-compassion within ourselves. And if we learn how to build that up, we could become better to ourselves and ultimately better husbands to our wives and better wives to our, to our husbands. Self-compassion in the right way is a more effective and healthy approach than shaming. People who have greater self-compassion have less depression, less anxiety, less stress, greater happiness, greater life satisfaction, and optimism, and resilience, and they perform better overall in life. Now, when you hear about, I need to be more self-compassion, they are worried about it when they hear about it. Number one, it sounds selfish. And number two, it lets me off the hook from all of my mistakes. So let's say I made a lot of mistakes as a husband or a wife, and I'm self-compassion. Won't that let me off the hook with those mistakes? And, I won't, and I'll lose that drive to change, and I'll lose that motivation to change? That's an understandable fear. That's why you have to use this in a healthy way. And if you use it in a healthy way, then the self-compassion will not cause one to become complacent or let themselves off the hook, but it will motivate them to become better and to heal and to grow. It says, You cannot love another yid unless you know how to love yourself in a healthy way. Not in an egotistical way, but loving your soul and loving the fact that Hashem put you on this world. Birth is Hashem's telling you that you matter. So you put into this world, that means Hashem loves you because He needs you here, and you love yourself, mitzad that, that godly gift that He gave you, your soul, to express, that's a healthy self-love, and it's only through that healthy self-love that you're going to have the true v'yahafta l'reyacha kamaycha. And that is a very, very important yesay. When you use it in this lens, then the self-compassion will not cause you to become more selfish or justify your negative behaviors or just be lazy about things, but it'll be a motivation for you to become more compassionate, to become more understanding. And that's why when you write and think about your true positive qualities, true gifts that you have, that helps you grow. That helps you grow and that helps you heal. Very often, researchers have shown 
that soldiers who returned from Afghanistan, who were taught the healthy way of self-compassion, they learn how to handle their PS, PTSD in a much more effective way, and they become more resilient. It's a matter of becoming mindful, to be aware of the pain you're experiencing before you're able to heal it, to have a kindness, a soothing ourselves when we're in pain. This soothing is a healthy soothing. It is not the soothing of drugs or alcohol or sugar and, or anything like that. It's the soothing of your soul that you're a Tzalem and Likim and that you're saying, I am a worthy. I could have made mistakes, but I'm worthy. And this is a very healthy thing that helps you grow as a person and ultimately grow as a husband and as a wife. When you learn to do that, that when you experience pain, pain is inevitable in life. There's painful aspects of life, but suffering is optional. We choose whether we can we suffer or not based on that pain. As an example, you get stuck in traffic. Let's not pick a, a, a life-shattering experience, but just simply you get stuck in traffic, and we often become impatient and irritating, want other cars to get out of the way, and we're frustrated with ourselves. Why did I take this route? Why didn't I check the traffic before? That's the, now that there's a pain of traffic, that's real. But you add to the suffering by that cursing yourself out and so on and so forth. And that is the idea. The idea is you cannot um, change pain in life that actually happens, but you could change your outlook on it and that could mitigate suffering and it could alleviate suffering. So when this acceptance is not passive. When you accept that you're in a traffic jam and you can't do anything about it and you let your body relax and your mind rest, that type of acceptance is healthy. That's not a weakness. That is a strength. This is called emotional intelligence where we have the ability, although we can't eliminate stress, but with repeated practices, we could train ourselves to identify and regulate our emotions. This happens a lot in marriage also with Shalom Bayis and all of these things. We're two human beings that often may hurt each other, very, most often very unintentionally. And when we learn how to regulate, yes, this was unpleasant or painful, but we train ourselves to regulate our emotions, to think with a clarity, with a wisdom, with a happiness, with an empathy, then everything changes. Like we said many times before from Rav Pam and from others, that very often the root of couples that unfortunately separated or led to divorce or had issues did not come from major crises, but rather from not learning how to handle their emotions on those smaller things. And then those smaller problems become bigger problems. But when we learn how to regulate our emotions, to realize that they have a certain lifespan, this is a very important thing, they rise and they go. They do their dance, they come in waves and they pass pass. So when you have a difficult emotion, you have to recognize right away, this feeling won't last forever. This feeling will, will go away, or it'll reduce itself, this negative feeling. And you allow that, it may, let's say you have a sadness or a tenseness, it'll tighten your throat, it'll contract you a little bit, and then you let it go. And then you realize that sometimes it's very important also when one of you or both in, you know that you're not in a good mood right now, what you learn how to do is basically say that right now I, I'm not capable of expressing myself. I'm going to be very careful 
I'm going to be kind and say kind words and not express those feelings. I know I'm not myself. And very often this is a lifesaver in marriage. This is a lifesaver in marriage where whatever, if either one of you or the both of you, you're going through a hard time, this is not called burying things under the rug. We said this many times. When you're delaying for a short period of time because right now you're not in the right mindset or in a healthy mindset, it's a healthy thing. So when you know you're not yourself, you know you had you barely had sleep the last two nights and you're very tense and you're very overwhelmed and you need that Shabbos to get that break and right now it's very overwhelming. So you know now is not the time to say these things. Now is not the time to express this. Now is the time I need to be very careful. And that really helps. And that's emotional t- intelligence and that's a mindfulness that helps. And there's a self-compassion on yourself. I'm not myself now, and that's okay. But, God willing, I'll get there. And this can save many, many hardships in marriage. When you wait until you're in a calmer, more relaxed state before communicating certain things to your husband and to your wife. Compassion helps us want to help the other. It helps us. We need to develop that in in ourselves. And it's so... um, such a shame that we don't practice this more often. We learn to forgive, forgive ourselves and we learn to forgive others. Empathy, true healthy empathy can lead to activation of positive feelings in the brain. While shame locks us into repeating mistakes, forgiveness and compassion doesn't mean you're condoning the other person's behavior but you're allowing your heart to be free to release that burden of anger and resentment. You're letting things go. You're letting things go, and you're not being a wimp or a doormat by letting these things go, but you're basically, you're letting those negative emotions out, and now I'll learn to to handle this in 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 a more compassionate and more healthy way. So just to reiterate what we said before, most of us, when we want to learn from our, our mistakes and we want to keep from repeating them, we need a compassionate mindset, not shame. There is a concept of harata. There's a concept of busha that is healthy, but a lot of us overdo it and use it in a negative way and we become stuck. Often shame just blocks us from, from being able to grow. It gets us into that mode that I am a bad person I'm a bad husband, bad wife, or whatever it is. I can't change. And the truth is, this goes with trying to improve Shalom bias. This includes trying to uh, diet. The yo-yo dieters also have this issue with shame very often. The shame comes in with a yish connected to that shame also. I cheated. I took a, a, a little ice cream, so I might as well eat a whole pint of ice cream now because I messed up my diet anyway. I'm such a, I'm weak. I'm a pig. I have no self-control. It's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. So the self-compassion, if you do it in a way where you're not making excuses for yourself, but you love yourself inherently and you forgive yourself and you get to a point where I could start and grow and so on and so forth. That is very, very healthy. The same thing works, by the way, with the diet. If, let's say, you work on yourself and you cheated, you had a donut you shouldn't have had. So that usually what happens is if you experience the excessive shame, you'll have a yush, a despair, and you'll eat 10 donuts. While if you have a certain self-compassion, 
you catch yourself and you say, okay, I had a Danish or a donut, I cheated, but I have this compassion on myself and the care that I, 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 I am not a bad person because of this. This weakness does not show that I have a weak mind. And I know I could do it. And I just simply could put the brakes right now and not eat those nine other donuts because I feel down about myself. But pick myself up and move on from it. And that is a very healthy thing. And with Shalom Bayes, it's also a healthy thing not to bash one's mistakes, acknowledge them and see how you correct them. And then you move forward. When you act with self-compassion, we trigger chemicals and hormones in the brain that promotes in our inner being and welfare a certain safety, a certain feel-good thing that's very healthy for ourselves, very healthy for our tikkun amidais. It is important to feel good in order to have tikkun amidais. This is a very important concept also, because yes, we learn a lot about breaking midais, about going against your nature and fighting your nature. This is very true. But you have to learn how to do it with Chachma. You have to learn how to do it wisely. Because if you don't do it wisely, you could shatter yourself. So even as you're breaking a bad habit, you do it in a normal, healthy way. So what you do is, is for example, if you have something that is hard and you want to bend it, and you know heat could cause it to bend. So you bring it near to the fire so that it, the fire will act upon it, so it'll get softer, and then you can bend it. Sometimes we need that also, to recognize that. So the idea behind this shear, which is a very, very important shear, including the last shear also, is to realize that we have tremendous ability within ourselves to grow and change, like we talked about the last shear. The brain actually changes by changing your habits. And in this year, the healthy aspects of self-love and self-compassion that is not egotistical, that works better than shame, that builds you up even as you made mistakes and as you recognize you did things wrong in the past. And this is very important in Shalom Bayes. Not to let the guilt or the shame uh, continue a negative pattern. You say, whatever I was till now, I forgive myself for my mistakes, but I'll move on. Just like by a diet, if you forgive yourself by cheating on that donut, it'll help you not eat the other gnawing that you would normally eat because you felt that despair and disgust with yourself. It'll give you some pride. You feel bad about, okay, I, I ate that donut. I shouldn't have. But the self-compassion helps you not eat the other gnawing. Same thing with Shalom bias also. When you have excess shame in you, you're going to often, just with a, a despair, go into that vicious cycle of becoming a worse husband or a worse wife. While if you stop and just love yourself and love your husband or your wife, look at each other with a kind eye, yourself with a kind eye and your spouse with a kind eye, that gives room for tremendous healing in a marriage. Baruch